0: Welcome to Live, Let, Thrive, a podcast about the Airbnb life, the share economy, and everything in between. Here are your hosts, Micah
1: and Steve. Hello, hello, hello. And welcome back to another exciting episode of Live, Let,
0: Thrive. (laughs) How you been, Micah?
1: I've been good. Yourself?
0: Oh, you know, you know, exhausted as hell.
1: Yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens. It happens. <laughs> Still it happens.
0: working happens. the six to six job, you know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, we all give up and get out of that rat race. What I'm excited cool. about
0: cool. is doing this podcast today with the great yes, James Guzman. Give it up for James, everybody. How you doing, James?
2: I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How about you guys?
0: I'm oh, doing all right, man. Trying to do that, um, you know live life thing kind of thing going on
2: yeah living the air the the sharing economy Airbnb, and b b lifestyle right
0: yeah yeah sure. and this is episode 48 right. of of doing that and um share economy airbnb and so we're really looking forward to this interview man and um yeah i found you from another podcast from another podcast from another you know you know how it works you go out there searching yep. for a new podcast yep it has stumbled upon it's a you movement it is a movement. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. Part of the share economy, actually, and um, and so I found you, Matt. And for, um, disclaimer: this might be the shortest show ever because apparently James um, charges a dollar a minute if you're gonna if you're gonna talk to him on the phone.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's a good way to do it, James. Make yourself. A yeah. business.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I hope this is free, but. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I stumbled upon you, and and, um, and I thought your story was uh, an interesting one, and and your podcast is great, and it's all about um, living life wherever you want to live in the world, no borders, you know, and um, and and you're, can I say thriving in your business, you know, it doesn't matter where mm-hmm. you are. With all the technology we have nowadays, you can do it from anywhere,
2: right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, it's the Borderless Podcast. And the reason is not just, you know, I'm not just talking about, you know, national borders and like that. What I'm talking about really is psychological borders. You know, a lot of people, when they want to live an entrepreneurial life, maybe they want to branch out and do some different things. Uh, it, a lot of times it's about psychological borders, Get betting, uh, getting past um, some things that you thought, you know, you could never do or that are you know, too hard for you to do or something like that. And, and a lot of times uh, you need to... Encouragement to uh, break those down and so that's what we try to do is talk to people that have gotten through uh, struggles and you know uh, Just created a great life for themselves and how they've gone about doing that And I you know, I started doing uh, blogging and and reaching out to a lot of people and stuff like that and you know since then uh, I've been doing a lot of things, you know a lot of things in the gig economy a lot of things with real estate uh, you know, it's so kind of, it's, it's hard nowadays to kind of say that I do this, but so there's a lot of people that do specialize in one specific thing. And, um, you know, uh, I, you know, I've mostly been, you know, with my blog and podcast and YouTube channel, which is really like one thing that I use to network with people. Uh, I've managed a lot of vacation rental property, uh, I've lived in Acapulco and Barbados and, uh, san miguel de allende in chile and now i'm in medellin colombia um and so you know uh working with people on their their situation helping them with um move to new countries all kinds of stuff you know just kind of like digital hustling and and uh trying to trying to make it happen so
1: i, I have a question you said you use digital digital hustling what are some some digital hustles that you you've come up with
2: well uh i mean one that you guys talk about i mean i I think that um, just learning about, you know, housing, uh, you know, how how you can, you know, learning about vacation rentals, whether it's a place that you own, uh, whether it's, you know, doing like rental arbitrage arbitrage type things, um, you know, understanding real estate, understanding where the market is going. You can find a lot of opportunities in utilizing softwares and stuff like that, uh, you know, in order to, uh, to do things that, you know, that are just, they're changing, you know, they're changing the market. And so, yeah, I mean, that's one example. You know, another thing is just like uh, building an audience, you know, whether it's you know, more, more than likely it's going to be online, you know, an email list or a, you know, social media following or whatever it is that you have. You know, today, just a network alone gives you so much access to things. You know, whether it, you know, if you have an idea, you could just crowdfund something. Uh, if you, you know, have a product that you really like to use, you can. You know, use affiliate marketing. If you write a book, you can sell it. So, you know, there's all kinds of different things that are coming about because of technology. That I would, you know, kind of categorize as like just digital hustling. You know, not necessarily a career, but something that you can do in order to uh, create different streams of income.
0: And here's um, an example of uh, of digital of digital hustle. Not no, not I mean, kind of an example on my end. What I'm getting out of it when i when i found out you know when i came across you in one of the podcasts and i started listening to yours i reached out to you with um through facebook i like to facebook stock people and so <laughs> and so i added you as a friend and then i messaged yep. you and i and i said and i told you right away you know you know we love your show we're big fans um it'd be great if you could be on our show live let thrive and and, and if we could set that up that'd be awesome and and, and you came back with a, a real cryptic message. It was something like, "Yes, I am aware of your existence." <laughs> Maybe
2: not. I don't think Maybe that's not, not to that uh, extreme. But I was yeah. like, "Wow, you know,
0: he's over there, away. and um, I thought you were in, in Mexico still, but you're in, in Colombia now. And he's yeah. away in Colombia, and, and he's he's aware of live that thrive. And I thought that's pretty cool, man. You know, anybody can put something yeah. out there, and if it's and if it's halfway decent, which I hope ours is, uh, someone <laughs> might might come across it.
2: Yeah, I saw a post uh, by one of you in one of the Facebook groups uh, before. So that, and then, I, and then I followed it. I said, "Oh, what's that?" I saw there was a podcast about it, me and me and stuff and stuff.
1: Oh, cool! Guess that marketing strategy works. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. No, actually, you know, Facebook groups are, are um, uh, you know, I think they're really, uh, you know, they're, they're good to to reach out to uh, like-minded people and stuff like that. You know, if you get in to one that has a good amount of people you know there's just so many facebook groups out there you know some are like hyper centralized uh you know sort of friends and stuff like that but if you're trying to get your name out there you know you can get some some really good ones with you know over a thousand two thousand people in it that you can still you know people can see you mm-hmm. but you still get out to a lot of people because you know some of them with way too many people that you'll never get to. So, so yeah
0: yeah you- uh, was the one that you saw us on was Airbnb professional hosts?
2: I think so. Yeah. Okay, that was huge. I'm a, yeah.
1: Yeah, that was yeah, huge. I, and it's and full of, full
0: of full of trolls too, but it's fun. <laughs>
1: it's fun. I'm wonderful
0: <laughs> Oh, Mike, oh, um, yeah. you're more of an agitator. Well, I guess that's what a
2: troll is, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I um,
2: with with that group, I noticed there's a lot of people that represent PMS systems. Uh, and so like, you know, there, there's a lot of people trying to, I'm sorry, the personal management systems. for those that don't know, uh, <laughs> if you have several units, it's really, you know, um, you know, finding a good PMS system is very helpful because it helps you manage your personnel and keep your books in order and all kinds of stuff. And there's all kinds to choose from, but almost all of them are extremely glitchy and have, you know, um, they don't do a, a, a thing that's very important and all this type of stuff. And uh, I noticed that there's a lot of people representing those systems on there. So if you go and, you know, there's a lot of people are asking questions and trying to get to the bottom of this, like, which is a good one? And then they all kind of start weighing in. And then you find out, well, yeah, because they're all different people representing them. So you can't really get a good uh, conversation going about that. But that's one thing I've been, I've been having, uh, struggling with is finding a good, uh, you know, um, PMS like that.
1: Uh, for your PMS system, what, what exactly do you want it to do?
2: Uh, well you know i I think I'm just going to go with the channel manager now, you know that's what i'm I'm really just using now, so i i don't know uh well, eventually I'll get guesty i think um I, I've gone through all this i don't know this is not really a, probably not a a hugely uh entertaining topic for <laughs> but, <laughs> for our
0: audience maybe uh,
1: yeah i found i I actually use guesty but i'll tell tell you that uh what's it called in the – if, as far as if you just want something with a good... Yeah, that's what
2: I'm planning on doing is... is I think I'll use Steve. What's that?
1: Smart B&B has the best messenger system.
2: Okay. Yeah, What I, the thing is, is I know how to build websites, and so I, I would like to have a widget that can go on the website that looks pretty and, and all that type of stuff, and most of them don't have that. And so that's one thing. Um, and... Uh, I was trying Orbi Rental, which had a net and it, it worked great, but it was just very glitchy and giving me a lot of double bookings and um, you know taking like a day or two to get back to me, and so I had to I had to ditch that one.
0: All right, so um, what made you want to do real estate in the first place?
2: Probably, you know, probably. Um, well, you know, my dad uh, has always been has always encouraged me to get into entrepreneurship and real estate and stuff like that. I mean, he gave me. Uh, rich Dad, Poor Dad, when I was like 14, you know. Oh, wow. So, yeah, so, you know, reading that and then reading a lot of other business books and stuff like that, just, um, you know, I wanted to learn about it. And uh, so, you know, that's what I did. I, I just think that it's a, it's a really uh, good asset class. Um, you know, it's obviously uh, stood the test of time. And um, so it's just something, that, you know, at least want to, you know, it takes a lot of years to learn about it. And uh, how to utilize it correctly so it's at least you, you want to, something you want to know about because you're definitely going to uh you know be using it in your lifetime
0: and when did you um when did you hear about airbnb and what made and when did you decide to start trying it out
2: i I've been using airbnb for a long time uh, i think the first time i heard about airbnb was uh man it had to be a long you know six years ago seven years ago oh wow um yeah and um yeah, I just started using it here and there. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I've been, like, exclusively using Airbnb to travel for probably four or five years now. Like, I never use anything else. So you started um,
0: using it as uh, traveling first, and you decided that you could do it and, and make a buck? Uh,
2: yeah, I, I think so. Uh, but, I mean, I've also been in, involved in just managing rentals um, for other people. Uh, I managed a hotel in Acapulco, and um, I was the first one to put those on Airbnb because they weren't, you know, they weren't putting them on all the rooms on Airbnb. Um, and so, you know, yeah, I've, I've just been aware of it and, and, it, uh, and it's not just Airbnb. I mean, I, I just think that, I mean, I like, I actually like Airbnb a lot. I mean, I think that it's a great um, platform, but really what we're talking about is the vacation rental industry in general, right? Uh, and the sharing economy and all that type of stuff. Um, you know, the, the, Rentals that I manage now. I mean, I rent, I do whole houses, um, you know, where people can go in and out, uh, you know, without without me being there, you know, that I can remotely manage. Um, so that can that doesn't have to be Airbnb. Although that's a lot of the market. Um, that can be directly through the website. That can be uh, through booking or VRBO or whatever. Um, but yeah, I do like had the slick interface. And a lot of the things that Airbnb are, are doing. So,
0: and what, um, like what countries or what cities do you are you, um, managing out of?
2: Uh, you mean where the the house is located? Yeah, exactly. Uh, San Miguel de Allende, and I'm helping with some here in Medellin right now. Oh, nice. San Miguel de Allende is in Mexico. It's in a state called Guanajuato.
0: Yeah, yeah. My my wife's from um, Guadalajara. And so, okay, um, yeah, not so, too far away. Sure. So we go there a lot. Well, I mean, we haven't we haven't been to Guanajuato yet? But we'd we'd love to try to we'd love to go check it out. We hear it's beautiful.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, it, it's it's um, it's a great, and you know that's another part of this. You know, I don't know how much you guys cover, um, but that's one thing I talk about a lot about in my podcast is um, you know the the Airbnb thing it, and renting out uh, units and stuff like that. You know it it really creates an opportunity, uh, for you to go to interesting places. I mean, if you have some sort of income that you can run remotely, uh, some sort of income that you can do online, uh, by going, abroad, um, you know, you can dramatically cut down your cost of living. Uh, you know, you can, again, not be doing the commute that you're going to be doing, you know, the normal, uh, you know, hustle and bustle of the, in the United States, you know, there's a lot of things that are a lot more expensive, you know, medical care and all that type of stuff. Plus, you can cut down on your taxes a lot. So really, you know, if you're able to create this type of income for yourself and go somewhere where you're comfortable, you're having fun, you, you enjoy your life, and you also get to, uh, you know, raise your standard of living by like 4 or 5% just, you know, overnight by moving somewhere like that. So that's one thing I talk a lot about because you really can't do it, you know.
0: Yeah, Micah. Micah's plan is to retire and and uh, move to Ghana. Actually,
2: whoa. Okay, haven't been there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So
1: definitely going to be looking at you for some tips on how to do that. So what what tip, what um, systems do you have in place to uh, manage man, manage your Airbnbs remotely?
2: Okay. Well, one big. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest with you. One big part of that is the uh, is the staff. You know, the help. If you can get your you know good. Um, you know, your, your cleaner or, you know, cleaners and, um, your maintenance guy, you know, those are going to be some really key parts of your team, um, and make sure that, you know, they're happy and they, uh, understand the systems and, um, you know, you have everything in place kind of checklists and, and everybody understands their, their roles and stuff like that. Um, they can, uh, you know, if you, you, you can use a PMS system to help cut down depending on how many units you have, or you can just, if you're using primarily Airbnb, just, you know, assign other people's co-hosts and stuff like that. And, um, you know, they can help you with reviews and uh, managing messages, uh, answering messages, et cetera. So, yeah, I would say that probably the number one team member that I have and that everybody's going to have is going to be uh, a mate or a cleaner. That is going to uh, be responsive and, uh, you know, understand what, uh, what what her duties or his duties or whatever uh, duties are. So,
0: so you're big like um, I'm sure a ton of y'all's um, fans are um, expats or expiring uh, aspiring expats. You know, they want to mm-hmm. they want to get out of the country for what, like those reasons you explained. And I've had yeah. you know even today I was sitting there with some, at my job and my job has a lot of older there's older. People there, high seniority people, you know, and um, they started talking about retirement and and how how expensive, uh, you know, medical is. And they're anticipating to spending like a thousand to two thousand a month in medical expenses here in the states. If they retire, try to retire a little bit early, try to bridge that gap to to Medicare. And and I was just I was just thinking, well, you know, you got options. I mean, it seems like you don't got options. It seems helpless. But, for example, what if you move to Mexico? You know where drugs are the drugs are cheap. You know the good drugs, and um, medical care medical care is uh, a lot cheaper, a lot more affordable. And you could yeah, like you said, your your um, cost of living is going to be lower, and you could live better on uh, what you're making. You know your retirement fund, and uh, that's an option. And you could live on a beach, man. I mean, this, mm-hmm. people aren't yeah. thinking like that, I guess.
2: Well, I tell you, there are a lot of people that are because uh, there's a lot of places, especially in. Mexico, now, you know, you mentioned Guadalajara, San Miguel de Allende, uh, Mazatlan, uh, you know, uh, Puerto Vallarta, all these places, there's a lot of retirees going down there, and, you know, they're basically, like, economically forced to, because, uh, you know, Social Security was never supposed to be something that people are living on by by itself, and that's what people are trying to do, and, um, you know, the, the medical costs are so high, and stuff like that, and so, you know, uh, someone who would probably be living in a trailer park, you know, in, in the States, they're able to, you know, live on the high horse out in, you know, in certain uh, cities and, uh, you know, go out three times a week and, and all that type of stuff. And, you know, uh, uh, as far as, you know, medical stuff, you know, a lot of people think that it's, you're going to get, you know, bad care or something like that, but that's definitely not the case. You know, you can get, like, in some really good hospitals and all that type of stuff and get taken care of are much less expensive so yeah i mean it's i think that a lot of people that's that's the although they talk about oh you know i really love you know this or that or you know they come up with all kinds of stuff really if you think about it it's because that's what they have you know like economically that makes sense so that's why that's why they've chosen to do that um, especially with a lot of the um the retired uh, the retired you know the baby boomers and all this i mean that's this is a big thing you know a lot of people do not have the money that they thought they would they don't understand how they're going to retire and they you know they're planning on just working until they die but that's not gonna That's not gonna happen it's not <laughs> that's not an option right you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right right are you are you familiar with lake chapala in like outside of guadalajara
2: yeah yeah mm-hmm.
0: uh, well me and my wife um did our you know, see, I work for an airline. So we, you know, we've already traveled all over me and my wife, you know, not to brag or nothing, but we, you know, we've been around the world. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and so, um, we went to, um, we said, well, we're going to get married in Guadalajara. Let's just go somewhere close. And we went to, um, to Lake Chapala, Ajijic. And, uh, we stayed at, at, there's these, there was a Canadian family, right? Or I would say family, but a, a husband and wife. And, um, and so we stayed there they had their main house you know and they had this like this huge structure you know surrounded by these you know big walls it's in but it's inside the city just like you know it's 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 intermingling with the with the locals you know and so we mm-hmm. stayed there and they had they had like three bungalows built out back a nice plush garden big nice pool and we had so much fun and, you know, we went to the local spots. He even took us around, you know, took us under his wing and stuff and showed us some some good restaurants and some And we had, you know, hung out with him, them a little bit. But, of course, they gave us our privacy. It was our honeymoon, you know, trying to make a baby. Yep. And so um, <laughs> <laughs> and so anyways, I was That's um, to do. Yeah, we were on I was on a mission. <laughs> But, um, <laughs> but anyways, um, we, we were just talking to him about, oh, I mean, this, this seems great, you know, I mean, I, I could picture myself doing something like this, of course, you know, it, it helps mm-hmm. a, little, a little bit less scary. Cause I, you know, I go to Guadalajara a lot and I'm Mexican and my wife, you know, she's from there. And then, mm-hmm. um but like he's like i'm like well how, how did it work you know you just up and uh, he i'm going on a, a little tangent here but anyways he he said that one day you know they would watch these these shows him and his wife sometimes these travel shows people on beaches in mexico one of this, one of them came about mexico and it just happened to be during the middle of winter and there was like snow so high it was covering their windows <laughs> and yeah were up in canada and he told his wife you know what uh Let's get out of here. What are we doing? We we're already right. reti- retired. Let's 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 move to Mexico, and so that's mm-hmm. what he did. They did. They moved down to Mexico from Canada. They've loved being there ever since. And and he he support. The the cool part of this story is he he really you know integrated into the in the community you know. And he mm-hmm. um and he became friends with the with the neighbors. And he lets the their kids swim in the swimming pool. And he he they sponsored a local soccer team and um they just they just really integrated the people around him love him they take care of him you know you know they you know they watch this they watch his place and um he, and he what what he said he said it's not really typical he goes he has friends there uh, other expats that they they hardly ever leave their house they don't they don't talk to the locals at all they'll just go from one local's house to one another local's house um uh, one expat's house to another one's house and not really try to integrate and and they mm-hmm. and they struggle and some of them end up going back you know um mm-hmm. I, it's a long tangent but i was like what one of the cool things that i heard on, on one of your casts is that you help when you you offer a service you know well for a fee uh, which is a reasonable fee like 1500 bucks people come over there to you you give them a tour of the of, of the place of the city and and all the ins and outs and stuff and and yeah i mean i I just think uh, that's really cool what you're doing and could you explain how you do that and explain the best way to um enjoy your expat
2: expat expatness yeah right so um yeah so that you know that's another we were talking about a digital hustle hustle type thing um for a while now uh one big part of the podcast, uh, you know, it would just come up just because I happened to be there in San Miguel Allende and it would come up in conversation. And so a lot of people would be very interested and, you know, they'd write me emails and a lot of the videos that I would do about San Miguel would get a lot of hits. So, you know, pe- people are, Oh, what is that? Where is it? And, um, they want to know more about it. And so it just naturally, you know, you try to think about how I can do businesses around this type of thing or how I can make a little bit of money. Um, the, um, so, for instance, that what you uh, mentioned earlier with the, the dollar a minute this is like clarity calls. A lot of people want to talk to me about San Miguel and how to move there. And, you know, uh, that's fine. And, you know, I've done a, I, in, in the beginning I was doing a lot of that and a lot of people are just fishing. A lot of people, you know, waste your time. A lot of people you'll spend a lot of time with and then they'll disappear. And um, so I just figured, what well, you know, a dollar a minute and they can get on the clarity thing. And, and I'd be happy to give, you know, tell them all it all that. And, um, you know, the other thing is, uh, the tour. And so I set up a tour because, you know, I know, uh, an English speaking, uh, lawyer, there, an accountant, uh, a English speaking dentist and a uh, doctor. Uh, I know the manager of, uh, you know, managers of different restaurants and places like that. Um, I know an accountant, I can help them get a bank account set up. Uh, I can take them to the hot springs and, you know, Really, they'll get, like, I can, within, you know, a few days, I can do, you know, they can knock down a lot of stuff that would have taken them years. Uh, I mean, honestly, I honestly believe it. And so, yeah, I mean, 1500 bucks is pretty cheap, actually. I mean, if you're going, if you want to go there and, like, retire and buy a house, you, know, you can have all kinds of problems and waste time and get ripped off and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, I just put that together. I was, it's been pretty popular. Um, and, uh, for, for years now, that has been one of my, uh, my, my top, uh, things. Um, so about different, different products that people are asking for. And, uh, so yeah, that was one of those things.
1: So you said you charge people a dollar a minute. I got a one, I got to say, I absolutely love that idea. <laughs> that's taken away from your family and whatnot. Yeah. You got to charge people cause they'll take advantage. So mm-hmm. I, I, I my question would be, um, how do you automate that to make, so, People, you do you just hang up the phone like, "Hey, this call is eleven minutes." Hey, I, you owe me eleven bucks, or is there an automated yes. system, please?
2: So there definitely is an automated system, and uh, I use uh, one called Clarity. And if you go to clarity.fm, uh, what that is is it's a, uh, a website that has all kinds of experts in different areas. And so if you ever get stuck in some area, whether it's marketing or raising raising money or uh, whatever, you know, uh, you can go and search and see if there's a person there that knows about that. And uh, you can book book time with them. Actually, one dollar a minute is the cheapest you can charge on there. And so that um, there are a lot of people that are charged like 20 bucks a minute. Wow. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, like really whatever. Anyways, so um, Yeah. So what that what it does is they, they book a certain amount and they have to pay for a certain amount. So say they'll pay for a 20 minute call. They have to pay 20 minutes. Now, if it goes over, you know, I'd happily go over, that's fine, but it still continues to charge. Um, and if I got to go, you got to go, and it hangs up and it charges for the exact amount. Um, now, they do take an amount. It's not very much. It's, uh, it's like 5%. It's, like less, you know, it's less than 10%. And that, then it just gets sent to your PayPal. Uh, if you want to do it uh, yourself, you can also uh, go through things like schedule once. Uh, there's also WordPress plugins. Where people can go and pay money, uh, and uh, you know, do blocks of time directly from your website, and you're not going to have to, you're not going to have anybody taking any percentage out. But I, I, I like a clarity because it's easy, it's quick. People can search you, um, and uh, you, you don't have to worry about setting up some whole calendar. If you're doing, if you're like a, uh, doing a lot of consults or you know, uh, some expert like that. Then it would probably make sense to have your own system, but you could just use Claritys for a small percentage. So that's what I do.
1: Thank you. I'm setting up a profile now.
2: There you go. <laughs> he doesn't
1: waste time, man. Micah don't yeah. waste time. It doesn't take long. Yeah. So because I, I, I really, here's I, I just finished binge watching this show called Queen of the South. You guys might have heard of it. It's mm-hmm. starting to become my favorite show. But she was talking to this guy. In order to talk to this dude, you had to pay 250 grand to talk to him. And I was no. like, dang, I need to start my business like that. <laughs> so I was, when you said that you charge a dollar a minute, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to learn about that. So thank you for that. So I've been looking no at you.
2: And we're, yeah, and you know, a lot of people in the, in the space you know, that, that, I, that I know and that I've worked in, you know, this, what they would call like the offshore type of stuff, uh, um, you know, they charge a lot of money for consultations. You know, if you want to talk to them for half an hour, an hour, you know, they'll charge a thousand bucks. Or you know, five hundred bucks or something. That's very normal. So,
0: now a, another cool thing on on that note, I guess um, I, I was listening to one of your. I think it was a year end podcast, and you were talking about favorite guests. and And one of your one of your guests suggested, he's like, "Why would you not want to do like a like a little like a seminar? Offer a seminar for two thousand yeah. dollars a head." And, and see who, you know, who, say what it's about and see who shows up. Even if two people or three people show up, they're, you know, 2000 seems like a lot of money. But they're going to get this wealth of information from you better than these right. little nickel and dime free seminar BS things, you know. They'll go to someone mm-hmm. who... who why, and what, what I got out of it is don't be afraid to charge for something that, that you know is really good.
2: Yeah, yeah and actually there, there's... Um... Speaking of that tour that I do, uh, there's a guy that I know who um, he has made tens of millions of dollars just simply in online marketing. And, you know, I mentioned to him years ago about my tour and, you know, I was asking what would he recommend for my business and all this type of stuff. And he was looking at the blog and that, and he, he talked about the tour. And so I'm char- I was charging a thousand bucks at the time. I'm charging 1500 now. But, you know, what he said is that, no, no, no. You got to do like a Cadillac service, you know, do like pick them up in a nice car, do a little bit more luxury stuff, make, you know, all this type of show up in a suit or whatever. And um, charge like
0: $8,000
2: or whatever. You know what I mean? But like go for people with money and do that because, you know, if you can make a bigger margin, that's, you know, that's what you got to do. And, you know, just and because if you're spending your time, say you're spending three days doing that, um at you know it's not really scalable uh as far as like in comparison to info products and stuff like that and so you know he was that's what he was saying was just don't be afraid to really make it like a luxury product and charge more so because i guess there are people out there with the money that are that would be more than happy to just do it if they think that you're gonna do a good job at it see this
1: is why i love synergy right here man everything you do comes back to you so for example You're talking about this, and before I got on this call, I was actually working on my timeshare course, and I was pricing it, setting it up for this price, that price. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, man. And I was thinking, okay, if I charge people $1,000 for this, and then, of course, I can get with people, and, like, all our listeners, of course, I'll charge them 50%. It'll just be Live Let Thrivers, you're 50% off. But if I do personal, I was like, man, I might be able to charge people $2,000 if I give them my personal time, you know? Mm -hmm right it's right. also you have have confidence in your product as well so i would actually like to talk more about you more to more to you about that man it sounds like you yeah know what yeah. You
2: know. yeah and and it's, it's it is, i mean it, it is kind of tough especially with info products pricing right because it's just kind of this ether you're trying to figure out wow well, you know it's a new thing uh, it's, it's, where to price it you know it's tough to do so it's no it's it's definitely an art and there's a lot to know about it
1: now are, no, oh go ahead uh, well, what I was going to say was, because okay, we live in the share economy or the internet the internet boom, right? so it's easy to Google something, but there's certain things out there you can't Google, and if you have the information that they can't google, you of course you sell it. So how do you go about licensing your information so nobody can else so nobody else can go back and say, "Oh this guy taught me this, here, boom," and then it starts spreading mm-hmm.
2: that yeah, so the way that I look at it is that in the information economy. It's not about you having specific information that other people don't mm-hmm. um, because uh, very okay well yeah there's there's some that do uh have information that others don't, but for the most part you're packaging information you're delivering information in a unique way in a with a unique message and you're editing it in a in a certain way that's palatable for certain people um so you know you you're you're Delivering it in a way, you know. So it's like, um, it's a lot like writing books has always been, or even art, or something like that. Is that it's mostly in the editing. And if people don't know about creative uh, endeavors, uh, if they've never done that before, they might not know that a lot of stuff with with creative endeavors and art and all this type of thing, writing, etc., it has to do with editing just as much as it has to do with making the thing um so you know yeah putting all this information but it's also editing it down putting it into something that looks good that can be delivered that's palatable for people people can understand teaching it correctly you know all this type of stuff i think that's really the important thing because you know if if people like your delivery if they like you if you're like the fountainhead of this information that they want to it doesn't matter people can repackage it, people can steal it, people can do whatever they want to, yeah, maybe they'll make some money off it, maybe whatever, but people are always going to go back to you if you're, you know, doing it correctly. So, yeah, I mean, I think that's that's the right way to go about it uh, these days because, you know, uh, and, you know, a lot of people go have, you know, it's a very controversial thing with people on the Internet, what's, you know, what's ethically okay and what's not, but, you know, the point is it's very hard to a lot of times to protect your intellectual property and so you know i mean i think you're better off just trying to have people attracted to because of who you are so
0: yeah definitely Go ahead. i think the um i guess the americans especially like going to mexico they're um and then the ones that are that they were hitting you up to try to go you know maybe make a life there they're already conditioned in a way when they go and when they visited and travel to Mexico and um, you know go on a vacations and stuff. To the they love the all inclusive thing, and I think that's what you're giving them is the all inclusive package. You know, what I'm
2: saying. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. Uh, the The places that uh, most of the people that have come down that are followers of my blog, they're not really that the, the all inclusive type. Oh, um, yeah, I've, I've uh, yeah, I give more of kind of a I mean, I don't want to say, you know, local experience, but uh, definitely more involved uh, in the community. Um, no, I mean, I, I try to go through all aspects of what it would be like to move there and, and you know, how to become, you know, part of that, all the different... I, I concentrate most on the legal aspects. You know, a lot of people, especially if they have some money, they're trying to move money, they're trying to get their, you know, they, they don't they're afraid that they're going to have some shitty doctor or whatever. Um, So I try to uh, take away those type of fears um, because, you know, and um, so, yeah, that's. that's
0: So you, so you introduce them to locals while you're there, right? Other, other expats? Yeah.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. That's, that's part of the thing too is, you know, just going to a, you know, a popular uh, because a lot of these types of places, um, you know they have their, their hangouts, and so you know you take them down to the local kind of hangout. And hey, you know, it, I know lots of people. I'm a, a you know pretty social person, so I can sit in most of the you know restaurant or bar or whatever, and I'll just see all kinds of people I know. Hey, this guy's come thinking of coming down there. and everybody's really nice. they like, oh wow, that's really cool. You know, we did it and this and that, and and you know if they're locals from there, they'll say, oh that's you know that's great, and uh, you know tell them try to give them advice or you know, whatever, so people are very welcoming, and so yeah, I think that's a big part of it too, just kind of sitting there and meeting people, and uh, yeah, actually, you know, the, the the funny thing about that, since we're talking a lot about this, this um, that uh, tour package is that, uh, and we're talking about marketing and things like that, uh, I swear to God, you know, I've done that, I've done that package, I don't know exactly how much, many times, but over 50 times for sure, and I would say that Almost everybody that buys that package, it's not really about all that, all those little individual things. Uh, It sounds cool, but what it's really about is they want to go down there, they want to meet me, they want to hang out with me, they want to hang out and look at the city, and they want to meet other people down there. And they just want to kind of like have a couple beers and hang out and walk around and see what it's like living there. That's really what it's about. They don't really care about meeting a lawyer. They don't really care about meeting an accountant. It's kind of it's funny, but you know they pay the money just to kind of hang out. You know, so
0: that's pretty awesome, man.
2: Yeah, it's just it's it's good to to think about that kind of stuff when you're positioning and when you're marketing, when you're writing copy and stuff like that. To think about you know what you're really selling is this lifestyle. You know, people are you know what are they thinking about? They're thinking about. They're not thinking about. Oh, what is the you know what are my capital my capital gains like going to be maybe they're thinking about that somewhat but what the driving factor behind all that is is you know wow it would be really cool if i'm just hanging out in this beautiful city with a, you know with some wine overlooking the sunset you know and, and this great weather you know they're thinking about the lifestyle so
0: and uh, before we beat the topic to death one thing that that did cross my mind And, um, about you, you know, charging the 1500 bucks and they still, they want to go over there and see everything and, and and then, you know, hang out with you and stuff. And, uh, what, what crossed my mind is like, you didn't, if you, if someone was offering this same thing as like for free, you know, Hey, come over here and, and, and see this, whatever city it is for free in Mexico. And, um, and we'll introduce you to everybody, this and that the lawyer, the doctor, all this stuff automatically our, our spidey senses are going to go up and we're going to like uh sounds like some timeshare bullshit and yep <laughs> and so we're gonna right, yeah. but by charging the people for it you're like that automatically like turns a switch in their head oh i'm paying for a service and he's yep. giving me good information you know it, it, it has the opposite effect
2: yeah and they value it that's absolutely true the, the, you know if, if you value yourself people will value you so you got to keep that in mind
0: I love that. I'm gonna put that in the beginning of the podcast. Um <laughs> real quick, you mentioned earlier, earlier before all this, um um the um the dirty word, the bad word here in the United States, offshore accounts. We've been I right. mean, conditioned since like all these movies that we've watched, all these government, you know, politicians rallying against these offshore you know, evil corporations or the drug lords and are putting their money in offshore accounts. And even, you know, I, I like Obama back in, you know, back in the, when he was president, but he he even made it uh, a big point in his presidency to go after these offshore accounts, you know. And so yep. us, it's like a, such a bad word here, but you're just, you said it so casually and you mentioned and you talk about it on your podcast. So if you could give us a brief history or a brief, you know, I don't know, it's hard to do something brief or yeah. something like that, but... Uh, uh-huh. a synopsis or so what is an, okay. op, what are offshore accounts and how do people use right. them like legally, regularly and how, and, and beneficially?
2: Sure. Yeah. So, uh, it's pretty, yeah. So the, the offshore word is, I guess it's a hot, but you know, I just use it cause whatever, I don't care. But you know, yeah, it is. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people kind of, oh, you know, they think that it's means, you know, you're like bearing money or something, but, um, really uh, all offshore means is, uh, away from your, you know, your your native country. Uh, that's all it means. So if you have an account in uh, Spain, then that's offshore. Or if you have an account in Hong Kong, that's offshore. Yeah, anywhere. If you're from the United States, if you have an account anywhere in the United States, then you have an offshore account. All right. And so, um, you know, basically, you know, I, I talk about it because th- this is another thing that I think goes along with a lot of the, um, you know, the, the, the market changes that we're seeing, uh, we, you know we're, when we're talking about vacation rentals and sharing economy and digital uh, hustler and all this type of stuff, you know another aspect of that is that you know, as far as the offshore stuff, that has been a game that very wealthy have, people have played for a long time. Uh, you know, a lot of the different tax incentives, a lot of uh, you know, ways that everybody knows that you know uh, corporations have different rules that they play by. Uh, and And a lot of wealthy people do, et cetera, and they have for a long time and that 's basically how the tax code is written the way that people are able to um travel much easier than they have been in the past it actually allows the common person uh to be able to take advantage of some of this stuff in a way that hasn 't been uh possible in the past, so you know you can take care of a quarter you know you can take advantage of a quote unquote offshore you know uh loophole or whatever you want to call it, you know, if you, if there's some, if you know, that's the way that the laws are written. So there's nothing wrong with using the the laws, the way that they're written, use it yourself. Everybody else is doing it. Instead of you sit there and complain about it, maybe there's a way you can, you know, take advantage of it for yourself. Um, And so, yeah, uh, there's definitely certain, um, uh, you know, things with, with real estate, again, capital gains, passive income, you know, it's very, it gets very complicated, but, um, th- there's a lot of advantages with holding real estate overseas. Um, there's a lot of advantages of making, you know, offshoring yourself. Uh, you know, you can, you know, if you are a, there, there's a big one that a lot of people, uh, like a lot, which is, you know, um, the, uh, foreign earned income exclusion. And if you're a resident outside of the United States, you, you don't, have to pay income tax up to a hundred thousand right? dollars Wow! and yeah so that's a big one, right <laughs> so, that's huge exa- that's right so that you know as an example um but there's all kinds of stuff and so yeah it's it, you know it's it's just internationalizing yourself in a way that again is completely legal um it's it's becoming easier than ever and a lot things are changing because of it. I, I mean, I think that a lot of the shifts that we're seeing um, on a you know a, a geopolitical scale have a lot to do with the ease that people can move money around, the ease that people can move themselves around, uh, and go to places where they like better or they're treated better, and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it just makes sense, just like with all the other um, industries that you would uh, you know at least educate yourself on it and take a look at what's going on there.
1: You're in Colombia, right?
2: I am in uh, currently in Colombia. Yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. That talking about offshore accounts and saying you live in Colombia, yeah, that's a red flag. to Our government. Here. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Colombia so, is not a great, not a place, great place, place for an offshore country. account. Uh, it's uh, there's uh, <laughs> and, and, and let me just mention another thing. You know, as far as offshore stuff, you know, people think, oh, you know, again, you know, everybody thinks bearing money, secret accounts, and all bearer shares or whatever. That doesn't exist anymore. There's no there's no bank secrecy. In the entire world, the United States financial system knows about everything, all right? And so, you know, the idea that you're going to go and, like, fly in with a suitcase and put it into a bank in the Cayman Islands and nobody's ever going to know it, that doesn't exist. That's not what happens. <laughs> you can't. So it's all, you know, it's all known. It's all tracked. And it's just you plan by the rules that, you know, that, that are given to you. And so there's, you know, it's, it's really not the shady type thing people make it out to be.
0: Now what um well of course automatically came to my mind was um cryptocurrency and that's i guess uh you, in a way I, there is a future for it and you wouldn't mm-hmm. really need to have you know offshore accounts or different banks in different countries this and that if everybody oh. was on you know crypt, some kind of cryptocurrency be it bitcoin mm-hmm. or litecoin or whatever but where you could um like you could go across borders and with your digital wallet right and just um, and live anywhere I mean that would be even more uh, beneficial to the people that want to do the um, the nomad life i guess
2: yeah I think so I, you know I think that, um, that you know it's definitely going to be the future, but I think that it's uncertain what exactly that fu- future is going to look like. I think a lot of people think that um, cryptocurrency is going to cause a, you know this really Quick decentralization, and you know, governments aren't going to be able to handle it, and it's going to be, you know, all this type of uh, future. But I, I don't, I don't think so. I think that more than likely, it's going to be um, regulated and utilized uh, by governments, uh, and you know, incorporated into a lot of the the technology and the stuff that we use now. Um, so. You know, uh, that that can be, you know, bad for some people look at it and that every th- single thing, you know, that you ever uh, spend your money on is going to be tracked and traced, and a lot of people don't like that. Um, and it, But it could be, you know, make a lot more, I think it could make uh, life a lot more convenient. So I guess, you know, we'll see how it, it goes. But I do think that uh, the cryptocurrencies will be a part of our future. And uh, I, I think that it's a little bit now, uh, a little bit early now to be, you know, that a lot of people are really it's kind of a, it just seems from the psychology of, uh, of the market. And, you know, my opinion that it, it seems to be in a bit of a mania and that did die down with that big pullback, but uh, there's a lot of people involved that, uh, don't know, don't know about it and, and stuff. And so, you know, I, I think that it, it will come about, but it, maybe it's a bit premature for prime time. You know what I mean?
1: My, uh, my new guest is actually a cryptocurrency guy. And my question on cryptocurrency is, how much do we truly understand it to full-fledged invest in it? Like, I know we know it goes up and it goes down, but do we truly understand cryptocurrency?
2: Um, you know, it, I, that's, that is, I mean, I would say that that's a, a personal investment question. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and this is one of my big kind of sticking points with uh, cryptos in general. Uh, a lot of people think that I'm like, Bashing cryptos. i mean, you know, I don't bash cryptos, but my point of what, you know, I wrote a, a piece uh, called "Is Bitcoin Just a Distraction," and my my point wasn't to bash cryptos or anything. Uh, um, but the, my point is that, you know, whatever it is that you do to make money or that you're investing in or whatever it is, you got to concentrate on it. You got to take responsibility for that, and you got to know what you're doing. And that takes time. That takes, you know messing up, you know, you got to do several deals, you got to be involved in it, you got to read about it, you got to go to conferences about it, you got to know people in the industry, you got to know what's up, you know, whatever it is, if that could be real estate, or that could be online marketing, or that could be whatever. And uh, so yeah, I mean, j- jumping into crypto, which a lot of people are doing, when they don't know what the hell they're doing. is not a good idea. You know, if you're going to do crypto, you got to really get into it. And it's a complicated field. So you get into it and, you know, uh, get to know people and no- learn all that you can about it. And then uh, start to put some money in it, you probably you know, you'll lose some money, and then you've got to do it again, you've got to stay at it. But if that's what you want to do, and if that's what you want to know about, then, you know, I, I really don't think this approach of like, you know, a, a lot of people take this approach. Obviously, that's how markets work, is that, you know, that as soon as something gets bubbly, as soon as people start talking about it, that's when they jump in the market. Well, that's exactly the opposite thing you want to do. Exactly. <laughs> so, exactly. But the point is, the point is, don't let, I mean, if you want to do that and if you really like it, then learn all about it, get into it. But if not, don't let these ups and downs distract you from what it is that you want to learn about or what you want to do. You know. Cool.
0: Now, do you personally own any real estate? No, right now I don't.
2: And, and why, why is that? Uh, well I mean I you know i uh, I, I like the, uh, the the rental arbitrage model and um, it, a lot of people probably listen to this are are used to uh, the market in the United States with buying rental properties and things like that, and the the credit you know that that you get uh, most of the rest of the world all the rest of the world doesn't work like that <laughs> as, as far as the like really low interest rates you know, down payments and the 30-year fixed with a 20, okay, it almost, you know, outside of the United States, you got to put a significant amount down and you're going to be paying higher amounts of interest and they're going to be shorter loan periods. I don't know if people know this, but like the 30-year fixed is pretty much subsidized. Well, it is subsidized by the federal government. So you don't get access to those type of loans. Now, that can be good for you. You know, if you're in the States, you want to stay there, you want to get rental property there, you know, that's a, that's. You're getting somebody to subsidize your loan, so you know, go for it. But you know, I spend my time outside, so you know, buy, buying property is, so, you know, especially just rental property, investment property is not as, you know, the the, the, the return is not as easy to get uh, when you're not having these artificially low interest rates and subsidized mortgages. And so that's probably you know one of the reasons too. But I, I you know, I like. Uh, I think the rental arbitrage model works well. And so I just do that, like, you know, long-term rental things. And so, uh, yeah, but I would, you know, if somebody wants to buy something and, and it makes sense, then there's nothing wrong with that.
0: So, so you don't, okay, you don't buy, you like the arbitrage thing. You, you make pretty good money off that, I, I assume. But um, that, I guess I, I, I see that, okay, you're making, you're making income. Now, so you don't invest in real estate. What, what kind of things do you invest in?
2: Oh, um you know, I, I like I like stuff that you know, you know, this <laughs> is I like stuff that you have control of. Um so, you know, businesses uh that you know I'm involved in or I know people that are involved in. Um, you know, I I do think that uh having some amount in, you know, Precious metals hard assets and stuff like that is good to have just as a backup no matter what you know maybe i'm that's like a you know doomsday or whatever <laughs> but i uh, you know i, do, I mean no I, and i think that you know real estate is is a good type of hard asset that you can control um so just yeah stuff like that
0: okay and like like for example um i guess in, in it's on it's on these hgtv shows or whatever people are uh international property hunters whatever and i and i've seen them and and some and sometimes you know i see them like okay they're gonna buy something and then other times they just want to rent something for this 1200 bucks a month which gets them this badass you know freaking condo overlooking the beach with all the bells and whistles for like 1200 a month it's amazing mm-hmm. and um so so like Are there like longer leases like in Mexico or other spots in the world where they can sign with somebody that owns this thing for just like the next 20 years of their life or something like that?
2: that, That's all – it's all in the negotiation. You know, Uh, and that's another thing. You know, people – you got to open your mind about how stuff works because – you know everything's in the, everything's negotiable you know what i mean if you if you talk to somebody they're in a certain situation maybe they want to sell you say wow what if i was just to lease and i was to pay the same amount that you would be getting or what maybe you can do a half you know a half you know a, a seller finance deal or you know build some stuff who knows you know what i mean and um so yeah i mean maybe, maybe i've never done a 20 year that's that would be pretty <laughs> aggressive but you know that maybe you can pull it off you know and that'd be cool um but yeah, I mean, you know, give it a shot. It's, uh, yeah, that, that's it. trying to just make stuff work like that. I think that you know, it's all the negotiation and and the deal that you find. So,
0: so like the typical, okay, a typical expat comes to whatever you know they go to they do your class the tour and um so they are they looking at just you know their life with their, part of their life savings buy buy a piece of property and live and live in it or are they gonna or there's some that actually just go to rent.
2: Most, most, so yeah, uh, I would say that most of the people that that do that tour are um, people at the age of retirement and they go and they sell a property in the States and they want to buy a a property outside of the States. Uh, A lot of people do that or a lot of people are planning on renting, uh, you know, just going down there and renting. So, yeah.
0: And how friendly are local governments to the expats?
2: They're really, I mean, yeah, they like, like, I mean especially if they come down there with money. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they like people to come down with money.
0: So um, do you you plan on um, having a family, and how will that affect your nomad life?
2: That's a good question. I ask that same question to people. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I have no plan. You know, I don't. And, um, uh, you know, maybe that would happen somewhere in the future. You know, I'm only 34, so uh, I've got time for that. And um, I don't know. I'm not so sure I want to do that. But uh, if I do, then I will. Uh, I will make plans accordingly. But you know, to be honest with you, I, I take I take a lot of. Uh, I have a lot of people on my podcast because I think it's an interesting topic uh, about uh, you know doing trying to travel and, and you know live different places with uh, a family and there are plenty of people that do it uh two of my latest uh, uh guests have been people with two kids that travel all over and you know they're very active in what's called world schooling which is you know it's kind of like homeschooling as they're traveling and so there's all kinds of different things that you can do and it's cool you know and and i think that that's interesting and that's um so yeah i mean you i i personally um I'm enjoying myself, you know, doing it uh, single right now, but uh, it's not its not something that's, um, you know, out of, out of the picture for someone that uh, does have a family, so.
0: Nice. By the way, are you a dual citizenship anywhere?
2: Nope, I'm a U.S. citizen.
0: Okay, cool. You don't, you, you would never plan on doing something like that?
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it just hasn't, uh, it hadn't happened yet, so. I just, um, the U. I just have a U.S. passport, and that's I mean, it's pretty good for travel. And um, I travel mostly as a as a tourist everywhere I go. And uh,
0: so, and another one of your podcasts, you mentioned um, you went to some conference in the states, but uh, did you go? Did you go like was it in San Diego, where you crossed some bridge? You didn't have to deal with customs or anything. Wow,
2: well, you got to deal with customs. But uh, yeah, so in San Diego, they have this new bridge between Tijuana and San Diego, and so what. What's good and nice about that is that you know it's when you fly in, uh, it's just a little more hectic and there's some more type of stuff you have to deal with when you fly into the U.S., uh, the TSA and all that type of stuff. So instead, you fly into Tijuana and you walk. I mean, you do have to deal with customs, right? But you, you walk directly. You just walk. You know, because you, when you walk across the border, it's a lot easier. I don't know if people have um, experience with this, but if yeah. they do, I mean, no, it's just... And so now they have a border, uh, a bridge, where you land in Tijuana and you can basically just you you walk right in. And so that's pretty nice. And you also get a lot cheaper flights. So you know if you're flying from somewhere in Latin America, you can fly to Tijuana and uh, and just walk across that bridge and then take an Uber to wherever you're going in San Diego. So that's pretty cool.
0: That's awesome. So yeah. What um. All right. What exciting things do you see for the future of the share economy? I mean, we got so much cool stuff. Like we're doing uh-huh. these podcasts. We're reaching out to each other through like through the interwebs and we've got Uber to take us places. We got we'll have, you know, self-driving cars, stuff like that. Self-flying airplanes, mm-hmm. who knows? But like, I mean, what what big things do you see coming? And Are you mm-hmm. excited about it? And, and are we finally going to be able to get these governments out of the way and let us, you know, just deal person to person? Right
2: well I think that um, one as far as the people in this podcast are concerned, uh, I think that probably a lot, you know a lot of the smart uh, home technology is going to be pretty cool for us uh, being able to integrate that into rentals uh, integrate that into our own houses where we can adjust the thermostat and and you know the locks and stuff are really coming along um, you know d- different things with with lighting, heating up, the, you know, doing hot tubs or whatever, you know, all kinds, of, who knows what's going to be coming, but there's a lot of things with with the smart home stuff I think is really interesting, and and uh, you know, a, a lot of the aspects of it, I, I'm a little bit skeptical on, you know, a lot of people talk about artificial intelligence and things like that, I don't know how, or the self-driving car also I don't know how, how close we really are to, to having that, you know, I, I think that I mean, it'll come eventually, but I, I think that it's it's still a ways off, you know, but I, I do think that a lot of the, the, the smart home stuff is, you know, is, is, is here and it's coming, it's coming along the, the, the home sharing stuff, you know, I, I you know, in 10 years, what's going to, what is it going to be like, you know, with home sharing? I, I think that a lot more people it will be very much accepted just to, uh, you know, if you're going on vacation, you rent your place out, um, and, you know, and, uh, home swapping or whatever. Um, so, uh, I think that that's, you know, there's a lot of things to think about. Another thing, you know, this isn't something in the future, but another thing that I do is uh, uh, house-sitting. And so, you know, I know people with with nice houses, and they trust me, and so they'll pay me to uh, take care of their house. And so, yeah, and so, you know, I just came off one. uh, It was four months, you know, this big... Mansion, they're paying me to take care of their dog in this big, huge house. And uh, while they're doing that, I'm renting out my place on Airbnb. You know what I mean? Double so you get dipping. paid double. Yeah. Right. And it's, there's a lot of cool things coming down. You just got to be kind of creative about it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that uh, crypto stuff is cool. Um, I think that the, the, avail- the availability of, of travel and uh, geo arbitrage you know, in that, like, people uh, kind of being more comfortable maybe with going to places that are less expensive. Uh, and, and this, you know, we're talking a lot about international stuff, but it doesn't have to, you know, it's not necessarily international either. I mean, even within the United States, there's big trends going on where, like you were talking about with the snow, a lot of people up north, they're going down to the to the south. You know, if they have, you know, a lot of the, the retirees have, Uh, income that's coming in kind of as you could call location dependent as it's from the government but you know they get their social security and whatever types of pensions and so you know they say oh screw this snow or why am i in this big city or whatever why don't they i you know so they're moving down they're moving down to the warmer climates uh and also low tax climates uh to the states with less tax and that's what's happening you know so i think those are trends as far as uh we're seeing just people you know people uh uh, being able to to move people uh, places where they're you know, more comfortable and where their dollar stretches farther. Um, so, uh, yeah, th- I mean, and you know, there's all kinds of things that obviously I just can't. I, I'm not, I don't even know, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, um, who knows? But uh, I think it'll be exciting.
0: Sweet. Um, real quick, um, you got any? Um... Tips or suggestions? Some actionables to get people out there to do well. Maybe not just leave their country, but um, just to get out there and you know follow their kind of dream and stuff. I mean, what, what would you suggest? How would how would you suggest they start? I mean,
2: yeah. yeah. Well, they need to start by listening to the Borderless Podcast and your podcast. <laughs> of course. <laughs> so yeah. So now you gotta you know, i it sounds I hate to do all the cliche stuff, but you know, like you gotta. I, I really think that. You got to sit there and do some introspection in the beginning. Think about what it is that you want. What you know? What do you want to do? Where do you want to live? What do you want to be working on? Seriously, you know, just sit in a room by yourself and think about it. What is it that you want? And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is that really, uh, once you figure out what what you want, you you know what you need to do to get there. You, you know, you got it's like it really starts with yourself and like understanding what it is that you want because you know, a lot of people just kind of live this life that's kind of been given to them and they told you, you know, you got to do this and that and that and that. But really, why don't you just step back and think about, about what it is that you want because you can actually, you know, you can create uh, the type of life that you want. I mean, it might be, not be perfect, but you know, better than you know what th- you think that you have to do. So, first, you got to think about. What it is that you want? Where you, you know, what type of lifestyle you want to live? Where you know what that would look like? What type of family you want, etc. And you know how much time you want to spend with, with the people around you and all that, and then try to, to build it around there. And I really think that, um, uh, you know, w- once you have that, a, a lot of us know, you know, uh, we know deep, deep down what we need to do. And, uh, what I was talking to you guys before uh, about is that, is there's a, um, a guy, he's not a motivational speaker, but he, you know, he's this guy who's been very successful. His name is Dan Penny. A lot of people know him. He's pretty popular, but he's got a, uh, a catchphrase and, he's, and he tells people just fucking do it. Right. And so the, <laughs> the point of that is <laughs> the point of that is that, you know, people ask him all kinds of questions, like really complicated, you know, oh, how do I do it? You know, uh, I don't exactly know how to get this and how to do that. And I had to get started on this and that. And that's what he tells me. Just fucking do it. What are you talking about? And so, you know, because the point is, it's like, just gets like, you got to get started and get, and do it. You know, uh, uh, most of the time, you know, but you got to, you got to put in the work. You got to learn about it. You got to go reach out to people. You know, you got to get uncomfortable and uh, you got to, maybe you got to put in more hours than you want to, or maybe whatever. And, uh, but you got to do it. And so if you figure out what you want, then you just fucking do it, you know, and, um, uh, so yeah, um, I think that, uh, um, that's, and, and, and that's kind of, you know, theoretical or whatever, but I really do think that that's important and, you know, uh, understand that a lot of times, I mean, it matters what, if it's just buying a rental house, well then it's probably going to be more work than you thought it would be, but, you know, not as much as like starting a business, so, or, or something like that, but, understand that probably what you're going to do, it's going to be a lot easier than you thought it would be, and it's going to be a lot harder than you thought it would be. As weird as that sounds, it really is like that. Um, so, you know, be, be prepared to, um, you know, put, put in some work and stuff like that, but at the end of the day, even though you, it's going to be some hard things, it's probably going to be easier than you think it would be.
0: Great advice, man. You stuck the landing that time.
2: <laughs>
1: so, yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely inspired me. Uh, definitely,
0: man. We appreciate you being on. Um, where can people find you, man?
2: Yeah, go to uh dot That's where most of my stuff uh, is. The podcast borderlesspodcast.com on iTunes. If you're that type, I got some website, well, YouTube stuff. But you know, go to borderlessblog.com. go to borderlessblog.com Get on the uh, mailing list. Please get on the mailing list because that's you know. Uh, a lot of the social media networks, uh, they change and all types of stuff. But uh, if you get on People's Man list, then you'll always uh, be you know getting updates. So please do that.
0: Awesome, man. We appreciate you being on. And we um, wish you luck in all your um, endeavors. And, um, Thank anything, you very much. Yeah. Anything to add, Micah?
1: Man, no, man. Uh, we will definitely be checking out the Borderless podcast and our listeners um yes, thanks for thanks
0: for being on that's about <laughs> it man. yeah well cool all right see you later man thanks all right guys it Was a good talk oh so that was our awesome interview with um the great james guzman from um borderless blog borderless um borderless podcast and so yeah we got a lot from it and even sorry the video was a little choppy that, but but, um, we got a lot from, oh, we hope you got a lot from it man there's no there's no uh, uh, what well, he means by borders there's no borders i mean there's their imaginary lines that you that you go cross, you know, I know there's all customs and all that stuff, but you can do you can you can do you anywhere you want to do you
1: <laughs> yeah, real talk man and and that's why like man you it, the world is so small with the internet man it's so easy to it's so easy to get off the corporate plantation now it's just you have to do it. Like he said, just and do it, you know what I mean? So, I mean, you just got to do it, man. I, I really feel I like the way he did that, and he's living the dream, you know?
0: Yeah, living the dream, man, and that's what we're doing. We're living, letting, and thriving, and uh, we're trying to help you all do the same. And we appreciate your support, your listenership, and spreading the word because we're growing like wildfire and um yeah the sky is the limit no past the sky you know elon musk keep going don't stop at the sky
1: stop at mars
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's true well uh for micah this is steve uh good episode man i'm looking forward to the next one live let thrive in the books
1: yeah remember to subscribe and rate us on youtube email us call us emails live let thrive at gmail.com Phone number is 469-300-9100. And remember, like us on Facebook. All right, man. See you later. Peace.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Live, Let, Thrive. Be sure to tune in next week for all the latest in the world of Airbnb and all that entails. Bye-bye.